Hello everybody and welcome to episode 9 So don't try to get out of it Welcome to the show, Tweety. You mean to welcome to the show, Tweety. You mean to. So don't try to get out of it. Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode 99 of You Tweeted, You Mean It podcast. I am your host, Lord Byron, also known as Byron Broussard, aka Lord Black Rocker on Instagram and Snapchat. Black Rocker on Twitter. I'm not just me.com is the website to find uh, things that I've done and do. I don't put dates up there. My comedy dates. I'm mostly doing comedy in New Orleans. You can find dates in real time on Facebook two to three days before it's happening. If it's, you know, some like weird thing where you want to see me or some shit, you have to travel or something weird, then just go to an open mic. I'll be doing just as well there. Um, (laughs) Any random open mic in New Orleans, the stand-up scene is great. Figuring out which open mic I'm going to isn't as easy as going on Facebook and looking uh, for the day of or three days before. Um, I don't usually do the invite things in like actuality, you know, I just like to be like, I'm interested in this, I'm going to this. But it's always a question until the day of. Unless it's a book show, then you can know three days in advance. And isn't that cool? One day I'll put dates on the website, but I doubt that day is close by. Why are we talking about dates? Because we are introducing the podcast and me, the host of said podcast, Byron Broussard person. This is You Tweeted, You Meaned It, episode 99 tweet. That's right, we're doing episode 99 tweet. And we've got some tweets today, we've got some stand-up sets, we've got the Alistair Crawley Toth deck. Um, let's do a little shuffling. Alistair Crawley Toth deck, how would you like to say hello? We flipping inward the Hierophant. Number five. That's how the Toth deck is kicking it off with the Hairfin, the trump card. Number five. Today I took it back to the old school, starting unprepared. Prepared with music and the intro, but that was it. That was the Arctic Monkeys, the beginning song. The world's first ever monster truck front flip is the name of the song. You push the button and we'll do the rest. 
That's from the album Hotel Tranquility Base and Casino. No. Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. Was that dyslexia? Is that my Freudian dyslexia? Gotta take a sip of water. Mmm, that's good water. Scrolling through tweets. Uh, I'm gonna find where we start. We start on the 31st of December. There is a new season of Vsauce's Mindfield on YouTube. Mindfield is a pretty cool show where they do science experiments. The guy like comes out with a theory, a known theory, and he's like, I want to test it myself. And he gets some scientists and the TV camera and they always have a bunch of test subjects that I guess apply from Craigslist or some shit. Or there's some app or website to get to volunteer for shit or do odd jobs. You want to be a test subject? So I have a tweet about that. The Stillwell Brain, Stillwell Brain, season three, episode three. Oh, that was a cool one. That was when. The objective was to get a group of people to act as a brain. And it was pretty cool. They lined a shitload of people up, possibly 300 people on a football field. And they handed them note cards that represented pixels. And then each person would stand up and raise their flag when their neuron was firing. And then the people behind them would stand up and raise their flag when their neurons were firing. And it was like mathematical and complicated, but they ended up making uh, a functioning part of a brain out of living people. They got like accuracy and shit. It was pretty cool. So like the group of people were just doing their jobs, but information was being relayed and they made a brain. I don't know why I went that in depth on it. I mean, like, in, I guess I'm trying to reference mind control and the idea that, like, most things are separated, division, they're divided up into parts. 
that make up a whole secretly, but most people, most parts, aren't told that they're part, a cog. They're just like, yes, you do this, and then they go to the other guy, and you do this, and then their jobs somehow coincide to fuck poor people out of houses. <laughs> You raise the taxes. Now you fail as a bank. Now you <laughs> you stop paying minimum wage. Now you infiltrate the media. Now you put out some music that is horrible. Now you sell some guns in the area. <laughs> Now you spray the mosquito spraying stuff that we've secretly put in to kill. No, I'm just kidding. Parts of holes. Siren classic. You gotta love the classic sirens. It's like Especially in like the conspiracy videos when people get serious and they're like I was just referencing something generally and then I specificized it specified it and then like there's a siren in the background that was on like the other episode I was watching a Martin Kenny video on the podcast and there was a siren in the background while he was talking about like how to overcome racial issues or something it was weird So, uh, still I'm not completely ready. I have to check the stand-up sets if we're going to do this in order. Okay, first stand-up is January 1st. So let's get the Decembers out of here. Check out my latest podcast on Podbean. Shit, I'm going to have to do math. I mean, you tweeted, you mean it, episode 98. Now I have to, no, actually, I have to read this one first. Instagram picture, uh, overridden. Alright, now we check the date. Oops. Check the date. It's the 8th. Six days ago. Is the 2nd. Twitter has my shit in six days, five days type shit. So six days ago is January 2nd. We have a January 1st stand-up set. This is the day after New Year's, of course. You guys can figure that out. January's the first month or whatever. Whatever they say it is, you know, what are we doing? What are we following the leader? What's going on? Thank you for the 
perception. I'm a person. You guys ever be a person? You guys ever be a person? I think I'm a person, but if I could like pie chart it out, you know? If I could make the pie chart, I think I'd be mostly an idea. Puns are my shit. I have like two great puns, you guys. 
Um, one is, uh, you ever hear two dogs having makeup sex? It's rough, rough, rough. <laughs> Shout out to the dog. Instagram pictures, Instagram picture haggle, Instagram picture emix, Instagram picture zapped. And back to stand up on January 2nd. Wait, January 2nd, isn't that six days ago? Oh, yeah, they are the same day. That is true. I did do the math earlier. Trust the earlier math. I was gonna say that the uh, the waves, the blue wave links, the the sound waves look a little low. But they were looking high when I was playing the recording, and the recording is louder than the talking, so it makes sense. The sound waves aren't like extremely low like they were earlier. I had to restart Audacity and like start further down in the, the, the world's first ever monster truck front flip song. This is all relevant. I should just be playing the thing. Oh, wait, I also didn't ask the Alistair Crowley Toth deck when I thought about that set. Is that why I was rambling? Because I wanted to remember and give myself time. Oh, I dropped a card. Alistair Crowley Toth deck. What did you think about that set? We flip an inward princess of discs. 
a princess of discs. Discs are uh, the, the earthly physical shit. The princesses. Alright, I'm not sure where the next set is coming from. It is a five minute set. Here we go.
coming from a person who didn't believe in truth for like two years. I was like, nothing's real. And now I'm like, oh wait, flat earth is real. It's <laughs> the best transition I think anyone could ask for. <laughs> I'm either like killing my credibility or becoming a prophet. <laughs> Definitely Booty Belly, hosted by Garrett Cousineau. Somebody save me. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I might never stop telling that joke just because it's so cool to be like, this is my reality now. <laughs> And to be talking about the current situation. Something that seems completely voluntary in my choice. I'm like, I'm stuck here. I can't stop talking about body wash. <laughs> All right, January 3rd, we've got two of them. But also, we've got. January 3rd tweets and we're gonna do the tweets before the sets oh also we're gonna flip the card about that set that set was fun well let's see what the Alistair Crowley Toe Thing has to think about it Alistair Crowley Toe Thing what'd you think about that set well you flipping outward Futility, 
Number seven of swords. Futility. Swords, of course, are the wind, also known as intelligence. Uh, now we got the tweets again. Also, we got the phone vibration in there. That's always nice. Five days ago, we start out with Instagram picture rigid. Instagram picture refers. Just had a revelation on how to progress the story. I'm going to in-depth the process of becoming Red Skeletons for both parties. I'll be able to cover both sides of immortal fever, pleasure, and deceptive. I'm going in-depth on the process of becoming Red Skeletons for both parties. I'll be able to cover both sides of Immortal Fever, Pleasure and Dedication. And in the sequence rulebook, of course, we gotta show dedication first like it's the only way, then pleasure busts through. In this respect, I may be able to minimize the travel between characters. Billy and Jessica are already connected, so I won't have to honestly have to travel between them. That's a redo. I mean, I got the point across, but I said the words wrong. In this respect, I may be able to minimize the travel between characters. Billy and Jessica are already connected, so I wouldn't honestly have to travel between them. Then, going in-depth on Rick alone would be more compelling than traveling between he and Lisa before they connect. Also, the Red Skeleton state will be an actual different state of mind for the characters, being in touch with the darkness of self-reflection while in touch with their surroundings. So, as a Red Skeleton, you will have a third eye, I guess. Either way, they can manipulate time to think. Sounds busy and strange. In the current worldscape, you would be able to tell if a character stopped time to think because they blink their eyes. As a red skeleton with no lids, you can't tell when they stop time. With connected intuitions, the strategy options are ridiculous. Fuck, dude. The intuitions are super fast in the surroundings or whatnot. That would be cool as fuck if they move slowly even while the skeletons stop time to think. Even the playing field. You can't stand all day, Mr. and Mrs. Intuition will eventually find you. This needs to be fleshed out. Red Skeletons would be supreme sword fighters. If you can freeze time at any time, you can see the swing, then stop and move in a different direction. Like predicting moves. And aware Mr. and Mrs. Intuition would make things way more interesting. Now the problem is minimalized versions of my story doesn't get to see. Okay, here we go. Redo. Now, the problem is the minimalized version of my story doesn't get to see the fight between Billy and a red skeleton, nor does it show Lisa fighting a red skeleton, but rather the red skeleton in the making fighting others. Minimal just got a little bigger. This is needed. I will then eventually travel to Lisa's perspective before Lisa and Rick eventually become one. A long time ago, I wanted to write more of the war. And here we are, with the opportunity to write sword fights between immortal time manipulators.
Ooh, y'all, I can't forget to tell you all about my after-school special lessons I have planned for the characters. Gonna be a lot of transition talk, going from all-powerful thought to action, going from best to worst, going from dedicated to obsessed and back into balance. That's the end of the tweets for the fifth, I mean, the third of January. Five days ago, the third of January. <laughs> I'm gonna flip a card and then explain the tweets. I won't go too in depth because oh shit. Because real listeners know what's up. I'll say it here before I say it on episode 100. Go back and listen to the first episode. <laughs> listen to the shit in order. It's a progression. It's a story. It's a saga. You can't just step in at a random middle point, you know? Like, where did I come from before then? Hello. I won't give like a a list of cool episodes to to check out. Like the twenties are really cool. Um, the thirties are really cool. The fifties, the seventies, and the eighties and nineties. The ten to twenty is rough. Rough. <laughs> rough. It's just two dogs having makeup sex, baby. Uh, what else Curly Toad Tech? What do you think about those tweets? We flip an outward death, number 13. The lucky number 13, death, the trump card. Birth and death and birth and death. Oh, the tweets are on my phone. Here we go. Explanation of said tweets. So we begin with a revelation. Um, I realized that I had to go in depth on how people change into the fourth form of being in the land of fire because every other form has a specific purpose of if you feel comfortable you'll turn into a beast if you feel uncomfortable you're a skeleton because you're feeling everything in the environment the environment is the cause you're the effect if you're a beast you're the cause the environment is the effect if you're a red skeleton, I had to make it fit in there. Do it more of like a spiritual side of things. They have a third eye open. But also, I was like, I gotta go. Like, the journey there has got to be as fleshed out as the journey everywhere else. So I was like, oh shit, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have them fight. Until, like, 
dedication for Rick. He's going to use his pain as fuel. His skin will come off. He'll burn himself with inner feather. With Billy and Jessica, it's going to be so much cooler. Billy and Jessica's story is going to be way cooler. They're going to devour each other. Because Jessica's got to go through. Again, being inside someone else's head, a passenger to a controller, you know, a driver. She's going from passenger to driver. And she's learned so much as a passenger that when you're back in the driver's seat and the world works on impulse, like, she's going to have to go through impulse control. Billy's going to help her with that shit. Lisa and Rick are going to go through fights. All four of them will become red skeletons, of course. Then I will finally be able to end the book. I'm going to have a lot of fun with the idea of swordplay. Also, there's a cool thing of changing momentum mid-motion. Especially if you're stopping time with your eyes open. If you're in mid-motion, let's say you're poking at something in front of you, you stop time. You can still see and you start time, you can move in a different direction. So in reality, it would look like you, like you swiftly moved. It would look like, like a dance choreography. It would look like complete accuracy type shit. Accuracy would be the best thing, the best descriptor word. It would look like insane accuracy on moving targets. <laughs> and also having the intuitions because so far in the fire escape in the land of fire there are two intuitions running around two manifested ones the vent of black beings one is a male female, the other is a male. That's relative to not much at this point, but what I was trying to say was uh, the idea that the red skeletons can stop time and fuck over a lot of things. But also the intuitions would be aware that the skeletons stop time and would also be able to move very slowly in their in their fields of vision. Not ugh, that's a hard to explain unless I'm writing it down in book form. As a red skeleton in a frozen time, with your in your darkness of self-reflection still playing, it's like a split screen. 
or a split screen would be accurate but also like if you could see 360 degrees the forwards and the backwards at the same time so seeing in 360 degrees and having motion in the back while the front is motionless and then having motion in the front and the back is somewhat motionless more sound Actually, you know, I guess it would be like images then. Seeing in the 360, both things would be moving at all times. Even though you can slow the, 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 the front because there would still be the vent to black beings slowly creeping about. But it's like at an awareness level that is only available to people who are in touch with their intuitions and immortal. So it like puts you, puts you above most beings on the flaming world, but also not above anyone who is equal <laughs> and or vibrating high enough. It's going to be fun to write. I don't know why I have not gotten to it yet. What I should get to, though, is those next stand-up sets. January 3rd. We got two January 3rds. Alessai. Uh, from uh, 
Present Fresh hosted by Jeff Gaucher and Ted Orphan. Let's shuffle the deck. What do we got to say about this I must say that was a fun time for me at least. I, I did a cool joke about my hat choices. I did a cool joke about being a flat earther. But I realize I have to bring back the part about being discredited or a prophet. That's pretty great. Although I might have said it once more, but I might not have recorded that set. I don't remember. There is unrecorded, undocumented stand-up going on. But because this is all like a week spread out, I don't remember which sets were unrecorded and which sets were not. 
you know, like I can remember in the moment saying, oh, by the way, this is unrecorded. Uh, once was that poor boys, that was a Friday. What is this, this is a Thursday, so it's the third. And then we skip to the sixth. That means I didn't record a bunch of shit. From the third to the sixth, there's three days. I could have did any number of stand-up sets in those three days. Probably two, maybe one. But it wasn't recorded. I didn't flip a card yet. I ain't got into talking about how I have undocumented, unrecorded stand-up. I'd like to keep the keyboard on while I waste all this time. Looks like I like to keep the laptop screen on. Like, I don't know why it keeps going out. You're on a short schedule, buddy. Keep your screen on for me. I want to see the blue lines. How's the curly toad deck? What did you think about that set? We flip an inward. The sun. Oh, flat earthers, the sun. A trump card. Number 19. The sun. I feel like I shouldn't have judged myself. 
That was the Howlin' Wolf Den. Hosted by Red Bean. Alright, so the seventh has to be one day again. If today is the eighth, which makes the six two days ago. We're going back to the tweets after we asked the tote tag about that set. Which was fun. I thought that set was fun. I went about it in a different manner. I'm doing older jokes, mixing them in with the new ones. Actually, that one wasn't an older joke mixed with new, but it was like, it felt like a misdirection. Like, oh, I'm doing a beer, doing bits about soap help me ha I'm preaching that was a pretty cool aspect I was probably told to take what you think about that set we flip an internal failure number seven of discs failure As we know discs are the earthy realm earthy shit physical physical failure Five days ago, five days ago, five days ago, four days ago, three days ago, three days ago, okay. We got Instagram picture cigarette, Instagram picture ideally. I got a feeling and I don't know why I was just now staring at Facebook status thing like I was about to actually condense those feelings into good status. Tripping. Twitter is for real exponentiation. Expound upon the feelings in a nice and cyclical manner, rushing and backing. All I can do to start is talk about where I was before, I guess. I could just attempt to write out the status again, but that would defeat the point of coming to where my thoughts could be translated verbatim to a degree. And this is too sensitive to my thoughts. I should restart. I was looking and trying to explain something that is becoming clearer as I think about it currently. Like I'm feeling trapped by echoes or future echoes, but also the obvious answer is non-judgment. But then like that also calls into question the echoes in the first place. Like if I'm just going to all of them. 
Like if I'm just going all in on non-judgment, then why make the echoes that I'm afraid of in the first place? But then, the idea that the problem has gone so fast and efficiently, uh, redo. Redo. Like if I'm going all in on non-judgment, then why make the echoes that I'm afraid of in the first place? Both the idea that the problem has gone so fast and efficiently is in itself scary and upsetting. Like I want to mourn the problem that I used to have, but alas. And even considering that I have spoken about this process is in itself creating echoes of the past that I have almost shared. So in effect, by mourning for the problem, I have actually resurrected it. It now has a different face of possible misunderstanding rather than misinterpretation. I wanted to post something on Facebook like, quote, When I sign, casually mention that I slayed a dragon on the way over here. Don't take it as humble bragging. I'm really trying to honor the will that it took to be in this present moment while also never appearing fatigued. The end of that pretend... No. The end of that pretend Facebook post was the part that I couldn't understand until I went through the whole process here on Twitter. I slay the dragon and still have the will to salute its corpse for the people in the back. Not bragging, but portraying that the feat is in fact possible. The double forked tongue is initiated and uninitiated. First learned is that if he can do it, I can do it. After learned is that if he's not consumed by it, I don't have to be consumed by it. So here we have acknowledgement and non-judgment version of the events in a written word story formation for the visual aid. Okay, that was redo definitely. And then an explanation, maybe no explanations in the next tweet. Okay, we're going back to reading. Here we go, back into three days ago. So here we have acknowledgement and non-judgment version of events in a written word story formation for the visual aid. I meant that to mean for the future, but it covered the past. I was supposed to be saying that I'm going to now give a visual for the perceived problem and the answer. I'm on a somewhat still water. The water is heavy and vast. I'm in a boat and alone. Dragon pops head up out of water. My sword swings in a circle as I spin severing the head of the dragon and creating a wave that spreads outward through the heavy water in concentric rings. Each wave of water is an opinion of the situation, some perspectives gaining momentum on their return to the center. Meanwhile, I am on calm waters in the center encountering other boats. Redo. Redo. Each wave of water is an opinion of the situation, some perspectives gaining momentum on their return to the center. Meanwhile, I am on calm waters in, this, in the center encountering other boats with their own waves. I feel like I have to, because I said the word center twice in this one. I'm in my perspective center and each wave coming from the perspective center of my boat will come back to the center where I started it much like concentric waves in water, but like in a small thing, you know, like the, the wave pattern actually has a forward and backward motion. If you study scientifically and shit, I mean, every, 
energy moves in the same way. The double helix, uh, Taurus field. Anyway, so each wave leaves the center and comes back to the center. Some perspectives gain momentum. Meanwhile, I'm on calm waters, encountering other boats with their own waves, making echoes of their own past battles to fight the echoes of returned water. And this visual is like if you have more than one floating object on, let's say, a bowl of water. You sp one object makes a splash, it'll hit the other objects and change the pattern, but still, some waves will still make it back to the center. Like, the ripple changes when it hits other things. Also, the idea of me slaying the dragon makes a ripple. And then, what I'm saying about the other boats is they're not slaying dragons, but they're talking about past battles, which could be waves that they overcame using their blade to swing and offset the wave. You can break a wave. Or, if they did fight a dragon, and they swung and they created a wave, now they're echoing the fight by swinging and creating more waves. Because they're like, I did this. I swung like this. And they create a wave of that. But I'm on calm waters and not waving. Alright, I'm going to read the one tweet again that I... Actually, I'm going to go back two tweets. I'm on somewhat still water. The water is heavy and vast. I'm on a boat and alone. Dragon pops his head up out of the water. My sword swings in a circle as it spins, severing the head of the dragon and creating a wave that spreads outward through the heavy water and concentric rings. Each wave of water and opinion of the situation, some perspectives gaining momentum while they return to the center. Meanwhile, I'm on calm waters in the center of my own boat, encountering other boats with their own waves, making echoes of their own past battles to fight the echoes of returned water. Having calm water is seen as being on a higher plane of heavy water. Smaller waves that are returned to the center don't rock the boat, but build the height of the boat. On calm waters to other boats, echoing about past battles is to ride on their waves. The ride becomes higher, becoming higher, the ride becoming higher for the boat riding a wave. So being on calm waters, either it being on calm waters and not being high is to be, you'll probably be overtaken by a wave at some point that's higher than your boat. But if you're on calm waters and growing higher, then any wave that comes just adds to where you are. And it, it'll look like you're surfing, but really you're on the calm part and the water's moving around. So having calm water is seen as being on a higher plane of heavy water. Small waves that are returned to the center of your plane don't rock your boat, but build the height of the water under you. On calm waters to other boats echoing about past battles is to ride on their waves. The ride becoming higher. So if 
that one last sentence on calm waters to other boats echoing about past battles is to ride on their waves is the perspective of if you're a boat making waves and you see a boat not making waves and gaining momentum off your waves you're like wait a minute that dude's riding my waves you know all right next tweet acknowledgement and non-judgment being a show of ability to stay calm and riding echoes to higher levels Knowing that your own boat and wave could appear from a lower perspective as an echo itself, or at great heights, a dragon to be slayed for the good of all. I feel like I have to read that one again, too. Oh, wait, there's a different one. I'm going to read two. I'm going to read the next three. Because I stopped, I feel like I have to reread the first one over again. Is this oversimplifying am I treating you like you're dumb audience I used to do that a lot acknowledgement and non-judgment being a show of ability to stay calm and writing echoes to a higher level knowing that your own boat and wave could appear from lower perspectives as an echo itself or at great heights even a dragon to be slayed for the good of all acknowledgement and non-judgment being an understanding that in slaying the dragon I myself have created strong ripples that will return to the center where I will be ready, based solely off of echoes built from other boats around, freely giving out echo wave energy. Who would not? Who will not? Okay, that one needs to be explained, god damn it. Acknowledgement and non judgment being understanding that is that in slaying the dragon I have myself created strong ripples that will return to the center where I will be ready based solely off of echoes built off of other boats around freely giving out echo wave energy you will not you will not be ready for the wave that I've created okay even though if they're close they've already passed the first part of it but it gains momentum as it comes back to the center so in slaying the dragon, I release a small wave that people can ride on. But that small wave comes back as a larger wave that I will be ready for from their free energy giving. Sighing and saying I slayed a dragon is the manner or way of collecting. Ugh. Redo. Sighing and saying I slayed a dragon is in this manner a way of collecting energy from the opinions and perspectives without exhausting my own supply of energy, showing how a conservation of energy is achieved while saying it is all right to give for a good cause. And the second perspective for the initiated being that when I slayed that dragon myself went down in height. Ugh, read it. And the second perspective for the initiated being that when I slayed that dragon, I myself went down in height of my own wave, producing a nice sized wave, a nice sized wave that can be surfed to raise your own boat's height. Gather around for the next dragon and you too can rise in height. Gather around those who swing for swinging's sake, those who freely give energy echo waves, frequencies, chi, Save up and charge up. 
your height until you can slay a dragon for them and return some of their wave that hopefully they've learned to surf by watching you surf them. Acknowledgement with non-judgment will lead a boat rider to be able to ride calm waves. Non-judgment without acknowledgement or vice versa leads a boat rider to become consumed by echo waves and energy or to become a dragon themselves so above their boats so above other boats to become inhumane did I just write my third book on the slick just now just like just this may be a real backbone story for the dark sea like for real this almost makes too much sense for me not to use it in the book Billy will have to figure out how to make whirlpools though I love when a world blooms. Like a part of me is happy to have explained that for people who need an understanding, and me is happy that I don't think I'm insane, and then there's also the biggest part of me that's just happy to have something to podcast about. LOL. Slanging content all day, baby. Hashtag CBB. Comedy bang bang. Also, don't forget to mention the transmigration of Timothy Archer. It's a good book and it's legit. I like the video mindfulness app by Secret Energy. Alright. That's the three day it goes. I'm not gonna play the mindfulness app by Secret Energy video. It's a six to seven minute video that's Talking about the Mindful app, I talked about that one on the last podcast. What I am going to do is go back over the tweets and then talk about the transmigration of Timothy Archer. An hour, 15 minutes in. Sip some more. got a distiller. <laughs> Alright, shuffle in the deck. Now to Crowley Toast Deck. What you think about them tweets? We flip an outward. The Sun. Number 19. The Sun. A trump card. Remember when we flipped the Sun earlier? Try to figure out what that energy was and then compare it to this energy the sun so I feel like I explained the, the echo wave technology of non-judgment and acknowledgement a little bit I go through it again in later tweets today or yesterday today actually we're only like two days away from today Aye. the idea that we are all actual in actuality doing these things creating perspectives creating perceptions truths we create these waves we're the cause of waves and we can also be affected by waves but non-judgment leads 
to being able to surf the wave. Seven Bomar talks a lot about surfing waves. The 2020 guy, Martin Kenny, talks about there's going to be a wave when the Van Allen belt collapses, um, the tourist fields uh, go down, I guess would be a good word. There will be a wave of energy radiating from the center. And to be able to surf that wave is to find your way to Eden, Mount Olympus, the Tree of Life. Um, so wave surfing is like pretty, pretty esoteric topic, I guess you could say. It's pretty cool, the idea of surfing wave. I like the idea of the dragons and then the boats and the waves. So like, much like the land of fire has three different bodies, skeleton, flaming person, and flaming beast, flaming skeleton, flaming person, flaming beast, red skeleton, and the dark sea they'll have the waves which are the lowest form those are those people are like opinions and perspectives only then you have the people in the boats who are a little bit above perspectives and opinions they have their own cause and will and then you have dragons who are inhumane because they're so above other boats that they look like dragons coming out of the water, like riding on such a high wave. And it's a local wave. So it'd be like a circle. It'd look like a neck. And they probably aren't giving out energy. They're probably just building energy. A dragon. Just crushing other boats and shit. <laughs> so the only way to stop a wave that big that's rolling through, because, I mean, you could, like, surf it, but, like, you'd end up on top of a boat, and then you'd end up being the dragon itself if you just surfed a dragon wave. you just end up on top of it and shit. <laughs> So the idea is you take the sword and you create a wave to break the wave. You cut the head off the dragon and it'll fall. And in doing that you create energy waves for everybody else. Also I guess... I guess I could put something in there about like when the dragons when their column of water goes down, it re-energizes the, the lower planes. Like, so people who are in boats with, like, low waves, they immediately get a little bit of a bump. Everybody on the low gets a bump when a dragon gets killed. But then whirlpools are something that I have to incorporate in the dark sea. But maybe that's the end of the book when he gets into a whirlpool and finds his way out.
It is cool thoughts. Uh, it's cool to be on the third book while I'm still writing the first. You know, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> the second book, Adult Wonderland, I've, I am still doing a bunch of dreaming. Living it before I write it, of course, of course, of course. Showing dedication and passion, of course, of course. Living that part before I write it. Living simultaneously different books before I write them in sequence. Live them simultaneous. Live them simultaneous, write them in a sequence. Alright, so that's the stuff. I love it when a world blooms. Happy to have shit to talk about. Transmigration of Timothy Archer. On Facebook, when I was doing my book report posts, I posted it at the background of flowers. I was like, The Transmigration of Timothy Archer by PKD. The sane perspective of the insane perspective. It's supposed to be the third book of Valis. The first book of Valis was with Horse Lover, excuse me, with PKD himself and Horse Lover Fat being two different personalities of the same person. Horse Lover Fat being in search of the savior. The second book from Valis was the, uh, the cool one that I liked. Uh, what was that called? Uh, I can just Google it. What am I doing? Google is on hand. And I Google all the time on this podcast. Valis Trilogy. The Divine Invasion, there we go. So Valis, the first one being PKD and his split personality, horse lover fat, trying to find the savior of humanity, the Jesus Christ, if you will. Then the Divine Invasion is like a futuristic story, less real, less realism of the actual savior uh, incarnating himself forgetting who he is and then learning who he is and then it trickles into the real world around the end of the divine invasion where everyone has to make individual choices to become whole or be divided but then we get to the transmigration of timothy archer which is like it feels real because of valis and because i've already listened to the exegesis of Philip K. Dick so I already kind of know about how his friends were dying around him and then he had a few asshole friends who would always be like you're learning all of this shit why don't you know what happens you're learning all this shit why can't you help you know type of shit and then he'd always be trying to help and shit so like the idea is uh, the main character is a woman and it seems like it's a, like Philip K. Dick wrote the book from a perspective of somebody he knows. Someone who's close to him. Timothy Archer in the book 
is a priest or some type of bishop or some shit. And I think that's the character for Philip K. Dick in his own book. He's searching for the savior and he's a Christian and he's trying to like read ancient texts and he's like, oh my God, these ancient texts say this and they say that. And he's going through some weird shit with his girlfriend who's dying. So it's like literally like the Philip K. Dick story from his friend's perspective written by Philip K. Dick. <laughs> and like the names and characters were changed. But the point of the story is that it's the sane person's perspective. The sane person listening to the insane ramblings of the insane and coming to terms and rationalizing and like the the main character is invited by the bishop and his mistress to their house and they're like oh main character we've got a ghost <laughs> we've got a ghost in our house your your dead husband is haunting us so the main character is like i can't just be like this is dumb like these are my <laughs> these are my friends i can't just be like you're, you're being stupid right now so I'll just go along. And then going along ends up turning into a whole bunch of stuff that the main character is not ready for. And then the main character questions their own sanity for a second. Then they're like, wait, none of that shit was real. And then the main character has to like uh, come to terms with the death of their friends. But at the end, there's also a character who's probably also Philip K. Dick, but in a different character also, of like this guru guy. And this guru guy's got like the cool knowledge. He's like, yeah, I do lectures, and we give out sandwiches, and I talk for hours. And the people who get something from this are the people who eat the sandwiches not the people who listen <laughs> and he's talking to the main character and he's like hopefully one day you'll come for the sandwich main character instead of this bullshit that you don't even believe in you just want to hear me say it you just want to see someone else believe it but you don't believe it you should just come for the sandwich <laughs> that's a really cool thing but at the end of the book the guru and the mistress of the bishop's son. The mistress has a son. Okay, there we go. And her son and the guru come up with this this notion that the bishop has come back from the dead and has implanted his consciousness in the mistress's son. So the guru is trying to convince main character that the bishop is alive again. He's been transmigrated into another body. And she goes along with it for a second. She like plays the reverse psychology role. She's like, if you think this, then he's not safe in your custody. I'll take care of him. But then also she says she kind of believes it a little. 
She'll give it a chance. She'll give it a chance or whatever. She'll look at, she'll study him and make sure that the bishop is not living inside of the mistress's son. But then when she leaves the guru at the end of the book, she's like, ha, I tricked him. I tricked him and I got what I wanted. And like, it was such a great ending to like an amazing book of like, it's, oh, the whole thing is so cool. Especially after reading Valis and the Divine Invasion, the ideas that are portrayed in those first two books come to life in the third book in the reality world where this guy, this bishop is studying ancient texts. He realizes that all of Christianity is just a mushroom cult and they were doing drugs and tripping and that's how they got enlightenment. So he goes out and he searches for drugs and enlightenment. He possibly finds it, he dies, he comes back in the body of another person <laughs> who's primed and ready to handle having two personalities. He was visited by ghosts who told them about, like, they predicted death. They talked through mediums who like said some very accurate information. They proved there was an afterlife. They proved God exists. There's like a, gonna be a savior. There was a guy who finds Nirvana but comes back. And then in the end, the main character is like, I don't believe any of that shit. All of these people need help. <laughs> Ah, such a good book. The Transmigration of Timothy Archer. Philip K. Dick. I like the video. Absolute proof we're being lied to about our measuring system and our cameras too. This is three days ago. This is a guy I found on YouTube called, his channel's called, we're about to fade out. Enslaved by No Media. I don't think he talks in this video. He does not talk in this video. He's from like Boston area. He's got one of those Peter Griffin accents a little bit. It's pretty cool. Anyway, what he's doing is he's taking a camera and he's being his own scientist. He's being home scientist. YouTube home scientist. Look it up scientifically. Enslaved by no media. These people are out there putting in work with cameras, with using Google Earth. They're using vantage points and like so in this video proof we're being lied to about our measuring system and our cameras too. He 
he expounds upon the point that in his experimentation taking pictures with the camera our eyes can see way more than the camera can and when you zoom it actually narrows the, the field of vision in the camera while also making it seem more expanded and he's proved this countless times with pictures using lines and like showing you when you zoom how like more and more of the picture seems to go away the surrounding area of what you're zooming in just kind of like it's out of the frame now you zoom too much it's out of the frame so the idea that these wide lenses that they call them are actually narrow lenses <laughs> and he mentions the word the, the verb pushed back like it seems like the the landscape is pushed back or it's like an inverted zoom going on so there's the narrow zoom and then there's the inversion going on that makes the camera eyes seem further back than it is so our, all of our pictures are distorted or most of our pictures are distorted and he points to evidence of like a 1970s picture of an airplane in a city street where everything is in perspective at the same time no zoom required just a picture there's a street sign that's very readable there's a huge plane in the sky with its letters on it and there's buildings in the back that are all like to scale of how you would see it standing on a street which in the the digital age of the internet the picture would be factually it would be altered <laughs> shit's altered in the cameras and if you question that you don't have to do the experiment yourself you can go and watch somebody do the experiment on enslaved by no media you can watch the experiment over and over again until you understand it then you can go out and do it yourself if you don't believe it it's pretty fucking cool that's why I loved Scientific Lee that's why I'm really into enslaved by no media there are very comprehensive experiments going on, very comprehensive uh, narration of their experience, experience and experiments. Uh, next video, I liked a video. When studying the sun, it appears very close. Is this 100% proof clouds are? Take a look at this uh, video here. Is this 100% truth? Clouds are behind the sun, is the name of it. This is another enslaved by no media. I'm going to let him talk for a minute or two or whatever. I want you to take a look at this uh, video here. You see the sun in my local sky behind the chem haze and clouds. And as I pan over here, notice these clouds lit up. Okay. What would cause these clouds to be lit up on this side of the sky, on this side of the cloud, as opposed to the backside, the backside facing me? Do you think 
the sun could be locally lighting up these clouds? I do. And uh, I'm here to tell you the sun is not what you've been taught. It's not a burning ball of gas 93 million miles away. It's not 3,000 miles away. It's not even a, a physical object. It's a light that appears to each and every one of us from sunrise to sunset. You're rendering it. It's, it's a creational event. It's happening in your lifetime. And uh, it's lighting up the clouds locally. Your sky may be different than my sky. Your clouds may have a different hue, a different look, a totally different chemtrail look, you know. I find it best when you have these billowy type clouds to, to see where the light's touching. And all the light, all the rays, everything can be traced back to the sun. And you see that little camera there in the background? They're always killing the contrast. So the chemtrails are there all the time. You know, it's the prince of the sky. We know who that is. Definitely not answering that call. What the fuck was that shit? So look at this cloud. See it lighting up, lighting up the contrast. So the chemtrails are there all the time. You know, it's the prince of the sky. We know who that is. So look at this cloud. See it lighting up, lighting up the tops, but the bottom is completely in the dark. And notice how the cloud looks different underneath. You know, and just look at that. The sun behind me shining over, lighting up everything at the top. And where it's dark, look at it. Those clouds right there drifting over, they're lower in the sky. They appear like they're high as the white clouds, but they're not. They're closer to me, and that's why I can zoom in on them. So that is lower. We all have a tendency of staring at the sky and looking at it like it's up and down, but it's not. It's flat across, so objects will appear closer, you know, because they are closer and far away when they're far away, but people have a tendency of looking up and down. So, look at that, huh? Even portions of the dull belt light is, is hitting inside there as well. It's amazing how, you know, the different looks you get from the clouds. So, I just wanted to, you know, get that by uh, my, you know, I think the sun is local. Um, it's local for me. I'm rendering it just like a rainbow. And uh, you are too, everywhere in the world. And uh, it sounds wild, it sounds way out there. But if you've been researching this as long as I have, it makes complete sense. Okay. It makes complete sense, okay? 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 No, I'm just kidding. That was a... Uh, in studying, uh, the sun appears very close to 100% proof that clouds are behind the sun. And in the pictures of that... It's a... Uh, in the video, is like... You know, clouds sometimes have like one cloud would be two different 
brightness levels like one looks like the top part looks like it's being touched by the sun and the bottom doesn't but like if the sun's behind you then how the fuck is that happening or is the sun like high and then local and like the zoom down doesn't catch the bottom but it only catches the top and the sides a little bit you know like if the sun is out in space then like it should be very uniform the shadows should be very uniform and the shadows are not uniform in the video is what he's showing and much like I said before you can do your own experiments with this cloud shadows chemtrail shadows plane shadows anything that passes close to the sun it, and also if you like get one of those little uh, eclipse glasses for your camera and you focus on the sun with the eclipse glasses then you can see the clouds around it and if it's really cloudy you might see clouds behind it and that's fucking weird So it's just at home science. Um, that's the last three days. Day, three days ago. Let's see where the voice recordings are. Six and seven, or two. Two and one. So I'll go through the two day ago tweets, and then do the first or the the, the, the second to last stand up. Uh, what hour are we? We still in the one hour mark? Close. Alright. Still three days ago. Sun caught shining. I like the video. Sun caught shining through the firmament and circling above Earth. This is once again. Oh. This is a video from Flat Earth Brothers. Uh, the description says, I wanted to compile and share unique footage that helps answer many questions about the sun and how it moves above our stationary Earth. The heliocentric model and Flat Earth model both have some holes, but through teamwork and sharing of knowledge, we are finding answers. Also, we finally have t-shirts available. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so this one's just going to be music. In the video, there's two sons right now. Oh, it's like reflecting off the water or some shit. There's also experiments that they do. I'm not gonna play that because it's just music. I'm gonna answer this text message right quick. to the tweets two days ago here we go
thought of some BS conversation that I'd never actually attempt to say, so I thought it could have life here. But then again, I don't actually feel like typing right now. I remember on the podcast, there was some BS about how we experience everything through our brains so you could indirectly take credit for talent. Also, pole being that you can indirectly take credit for vice as a dumbed-down version of usurping and causality. Uh, as for explaining it on the podcast, it is really just a dumbed-down version of usurping and causality. Or a scientific version for the modern scientists. <laughs> Liked video, more camera hijinks, we are being controlled by our cameras. Perspective fail. This is the media person again, enslaved by no media. Excuse me while I blow your mind, it says. 1970s, this is the picture that I was talking about earlier, the picture of the plane and the and the thing, and then the 2009 picture of a plane and the thing. So in this one he's not talking, but it's a bunch of pictures of perspective and measurements between places and how it looks and how it should look to the eyes. Two days ago, I liked a video, U.S. only 50% the size they say, airplanes are flying slow, proof. Yeah, traffic on the freeway is beating it. Shit. It is, Scott. It's close. It's shadow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So in this one they're talking about, they're doing YouTube scientific experiments, you know, personal at home experiments with cameras. They're filming planes flying by in the sky while at the same time in the focus is cars on a highway and the plane is going just a little bit faster than cars. So they surmise that planes actually fly close to like 100 miles per hour at the most, 70, 80. <laughs> Yep, also in this video, they just now showed that loud noise was a him racing a plane. They're really close to a runway and a plane was landing and he's going like 45 miles per hour next to the plane and he's keeping up and he even like beats it past a pole or whatever. He starts at 35 and then gets up to 45 and beats the plane. So the plane at landing speed is going 35, 45 miles per hour.
Oh, and why are you saying the U.S. is only 50% of the size? They say is the idea that why would they be telling us planes are flying this high and this fast? Could it be, be like the distance? They're saying it's covering so much distance. Is like that the reason why they're saying it's going so fast? If it's not going that fast, like visually, if we can do an at-home YouTube experiment and see the plane measure its speed as compared to something in the frame with it, and they say it's going that fast, and like, why are they lying? What would they hide? The size of the, the the continent we're on. That would be the only answer to what what they're hiding by saying <laughs> that the planes are going high and fast. So the next video two days ago I liked. I liked a video, Small Earth. The one conspiracy that ties them all together. I hope he talks in this one. It's not just music. Everyone knows Jason Magard and I have been making outrageous claims for the past two years. Earth is flat. Chemtrails are a hoax. Hill heights are not correct. Sun and moon and stars are local. Population hoaxes. Passenger airplanes fly low. Passenger airplanes fly slow. Passenger airplanes are small. Cameras are hoaxing our eyes. Google Earth is lying. And I pushed the circle of sight. Business led no one else on now. Yep, so there's another life talking. It just has music and words. I read a bunch of words in the beginning, but I do not feel comfortable reading all of them. Especially while the music's playing. It's some loud ass music. Going back to the stand up. Got three more stand ups left six, seven, and seven. Thank <laughs> you. 
Be like, hey, you know, everything's been lying to you since forever. Yeah, that's a great conversation start. My only problem is now I'm studying science and shit. Like, I didn't ask for that, you know? I thought it would be a nice fairy tale, you know? You learn the earth is flat, and then you just go to sleep, you know? It's great. <laughs> but nah, after that, it's just a bunch of science videos. I gotta learn about buoyancy. The fuck? That was the Hi-Ho Lounge NOLA Comedy Hour, hosted by Duncan Pace. The comic after me was Rochelle. Which brings to mind that the next stand-up set is Budapelli, and the one after that is 12 Mile Limit. Which means I will play one more stand-up set before finishing the tweets and then finishing up with the stand-up set. Unless I tweeted something today. Did I tweet today? Well, that would be on the Twitter. Twitter's on the phone. I've got a friend request from Gregory Time Moon. I don't think we have mutual friend. Oh, four mutual friends. Uh, that's sketchy, Gregory. Get more mutual friends, Gregory. So, Alistair Crowley Toast Tag, what did you think about that set? We flip an outward strife. Strife number five of wands. It's a creative force. I created strife outwardly. 
shame. Shame. Wands, of course, the fire, creative energy. Studying science and shit. 
Fueled a little bit, uh, celebrity in the building. Fueled Sean Patton was there from Note, from Television Note. But that was also still the set that I've been doing. Same set, different energy. A little bit of showing off maybe to maybe like seven people that's where it like gets weird the idea that that set was to a group of about six to seven people spread sparsely around a nice area of a bar and then they had people in the back who can hear but I was really just performing for like five people that all of that energy and then the host laughs make it nice and round it out. It sounds like I wasn't being weirdly talkative to myself. There was an audience, there was laughter. It was just a small audience and showing off on my part. So, Alice Carly Tothetek, what did you think about that set? We flip an outward abundance. Number three of cups, abundance. As we know, cups are the water, also known as emotions. All right, now we finish up with the tweets, I think. Unless I tweeted today, we'll figure that out very soon. Oh, I got a pee. What is this? 
What's this you say? What's this you say? tweets from today so we'll end with tweets and not the stand-up set but first we go through the one day it goes 
Here we go. I like the video. Is Earth actually flat? Footage from 800,000. Oh, wait, no. I read that wrong. I like the video. Is Earth actually flat? Footage from over 80,000 feet. No fish eye. Uh, the gist with that one, it's uh, a lot of airplane noise. Um, the gist with that one is that the 80,000 feet in the air, there's no curve. Except coming from the windshield of the jets, <laughs> which is a curved surface of glass. I like the video, Illuminati training centers and fallen angel technology exposed. Lucifer is the angel of light. Ten schools admission organization. Ten boarding schools of the elite. It is where the elite gets special education that is different than the education we receive. Let's explore ten schools that make up this organization. for the song. Hey, that's a good song. That video I'll uh, give the gist of. The video Illuminati training centers and fallen angel technology exposed Lucifer as the angel of light. So in this video they talk about boarding schools and like 10 of the top boarding schools and their alumni are running the media and the like most he's trying to point out that an alarming number of alumni from these 10 schools are in high positions in society not even only high positions but they're like known they're like family names people who graduate from these 10 university boarding school type places and he's saying that if all of them are in one spot being trained by the same people, it is possible for a conspiracy to bloom if they all come from one spot into controlling the world. Then whatever they learned at that one spot has weight over the world because they all learned it in the same place. 
if it was a bunch of different people from a bunch of different places, then it would still matter on the individual basis. But easier conspiracy, they all come from the same places. <laughs> Way easier to control. I mean, not control like the conspiracy, control the outcome of all of these people working together to get a, a certain goal. Or just grooming them to be able to work together in the future. Like, they didn't have to be groomed in school. They could have just known each other and been like, you have to look up to people who graduated from here. You have to do this for people. These are your family. Even that small thing of a mentality in a boarding school and then highly placed people can start a conspiracy. But for me, what it shows is like, the idea of how this could happen. How could all of our information be be how it is? How could there be people on YouTube being better scientists than actual scientists? How could this happen? Because then the schools is where they train people to do shit like this. But the flat earthers didn't go to the schools, they just asked the same questions and got different answers. Here we go, we find the disconnect. Asking the same questions, getting different answers. Are you gonna follow the, the structured? The schools have the structure, the schools are the, uh, the man, if you will, or the man. <laughs> on Facebook I had a post that I was reposting TV advertisements one was for the magicians and in the magician season 3 they're going against the library and I thought that very very on point that they're going against the library it's the same thing as going against school systems the library takes their powers they mind swap the magicians so the magicians don't even know who they are and they have to figure out all this stuff they have to know themselves and they have to go against the library who stole their knowledge and it's like rationing magic so it's the library not only has knowledge but it's rationing knowledge and these people who are at home magicians at home scientists are asking questions, getting different answers. And what does this lead to? The person who gives answers for everybody, you're like, wait a minute, what are you doing? Like, what's the, what's the objective? Is it smaller? Is it flat earth? Is it the concentric ring? A uh, cosmic egg? Is that what they're hiding? Endless energy? Is it, oh, we're about to get to the videos of free energy. Is it free energy? Is that what they're hiding? <laughs> circle of, I liked a video one day ago. Circle of sight, fasten your belief. Excuse me. Circle of sight, fasten your belief system. This one may rattle your world. This one's probably gonna be music mostly. Seven minutes. 
That's your chemtrail layer. Oh, no, nope, he's got talking. That first Okay, this is him explaining uh, the circle of sight. six miles represents your circles of sight you travel up one mile you can see outwards to six miles as denoted by the diagonal there's a projection layer that's your chemtrail layer chemtrail planes fly real low and that's why you see them across your whole six mile circle of sight this is all sea level the sun, moon, and stars are in the three to six mile range. Their lights, you can see lights further than you can other things. And you see the passenger airplane zone. So planes can fly anywhere from zero to five miles high. And when you're in a plane that high, you're gonna look, it's gonna look like you could see 200 miles, but you're not. When you're in, picture yourself in a skyscraper 500 feet up or 600 feet up whatever most of them are the smaller ones you have to go 10 times higher than that height just to be at one mile so picture what something looks like a mile high it's gonna look really really like you're 30,000 feet from one mile high people just been conned into thinking a mile high is 30,000 feet so when a plane reaches three miles it's out of sight for everyone. You see that three mile right there. If a plane is traveling that high, it never enters your circle of sight. Except for at night when the lights are on. You ever notice you can see a lot further at night, even though it's dark? You're seeing the whole universe, which is six miles. Now think of this. Tesla said those the magnif uh, those who figure out the magnificence of 369 will figure out and will have the key to the universe. Now think of this three mile circle of sight, then six mile circle of sight, and three plus six equals nine. Well, there's your 369. The key to the universe is your local circle of sight. Everything is right there around you. And you see this area right there between six and seven miles that's the refraction zone so when you're looking out over the horizon or across the water you have that refraction area that explains that so this is what i see when i look at the world guys and keep in mind when you go higher this becomes different so i'll do another drawing based on gaining elevation so your three-mile circle of sight above you never changes in the six-mile. It's just what you see downward increases at the base. <clears throat> okay, guys, this represents flying in a plane. See the plane there? Depicting you here two miles in the sky. You see, you have the same three and six mile circle of sight above the plane as if you were on the ground. But being up in the 
sky, you can see about 12 miles outward around the plane. Now, you can see higher objects in the distance. They just peek up in the distance. So sure, you can see more than 12 miles, but you're just seeing the tops of like mountains and hills and stuff. Detail, anything that's half decent is within 12 miles of the plane at two miles high. And you see the person on the ground and how this plane appears in their circle of sight. So inside that little three mile dome, the plane is only gonna be visible to a person's eyes inside this dome area. So you carry up, everything push, pushes up and away. Even if you go two miles high in a plane, your circle of sight still remains three and six. Secret of the universe. Now, this is a really cool fucking theory that I would love to see tested by scientists, which could easily be tested by multiple cameras and shit, which he does get to using multiple cameras, but he's pointing it at stars and not stars, he's pointing it at clouds and the moon and shit. But I think multiple cameras set along the ground at three mile intervals, all looking up towards the sun at the same time or some shit like that. The same elevation, but like different, different mile lengths apart. Or maybe like looking at each other, or maybe like, you know, doing some shit like that with two cameras, filming the circle of sight. But it's a very intriguing hypothesis. The idea that everything is local in the cosmic egg, even in the flat earth model, in the heliocentric model and all of that shit. Then like, how are we seeing the shit? How are we seeing, how are we not seeing other shit? All of that accumulates into his uh, hypothesis of the circle of sight. He's done a lot of things with cameras where he's videoed him looking out on a hill, pointed to, talked about structures that are in the frame, then goes to Google Maps, and he maps out the distance that Google says he is from the thing, so he's mapped out that he could see like a certain length of area. So like that type of work has gotten to the circle of sights. And scientists would be able to do these types of experiments so much easier with the funding, with equipment, with, you know, slight know-how of, like, the physics and geometry. Although sometimes that shit takes away from the raw evidence. Um, specifically... I was looking up, this is going to come up later most likely, 
but I was looking up HHO converters or generators. So the idea is that water is a whole fuel and it's been known for quite a while that water is a fuel. Even in India 4,000 years ago, they were fucking using batteries and fuel and shit. Uh, it's weird, but anyway. HHO can be generated with like a simple 12 volt battery and like a jar or two jars of water. So like a battery that's charging this water separates hydrogen particles and the hydrogen gas can be used as a fuel. Right, so that's the the known science of it. You electrify water, it creates the gas. People are doing this at home with mason jars and like just fucking metal sheets. <laughs> but I watched uh, the guy from Mythbusters. He's got a YouTube show that's not premium, but it's on YouTube. He's just doing a YouTube show where they still do experiments and stuff. And on this YouTube show, a guy from Mythbusters, a known scientist and or explorer, tries to make an HHO generator makes it way more complicated than anybody else I've seen on YouTube make it where he's got like two different sides outputting shit and then like he fails at making this complicated HHO generator when everyone else succeeded with just a mason jar and metal and a battery so it's like what if what was the point there the main person that anybody would watch if they randomly was Googling HHO, you know, the guy from Mythbusters, he knows what he's talking about. Let's watch his shit. And he fails at creating one when people are literally already running cars with hydrogen. Literally. There's a video of a guy with one and he's mounted it under his hood and he shows you like he he turns it on he starts the car with it the car is running you can see all the hoses connected he shows all the hoses then he shows the one thing he's like okay if I disconnect this hose the car will stop because this is where the hydrogen's going to the just you know, power shit. He unplugs the hose and the car goes, it stops. And it's like, and it's like a generator that you can buy. Ah, uh, it's so weird. It's so weird that Mythbusters guy failed at it. Making a complicated version, more complicated than the version that runs a car. It runs a car on water. <laughs> the emissions are water. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? How is this not like, a, you know, like primetime television?
away fossil fuels. Away scarcity. Away the man. <laughs> okay, I like the video USA Coast to Coast Logan to Seattle. Got some amazing footage to share with you. Alright, now this guy enslaved by no media guy is flying from Boston to Seattle with the camera and he's just doing at home sight. perspectives and stuff there's a bunch of pictures of mountains then at the end he is on a track next to a football field holding a camera on a tripod his friend stands next to the camera then starts walking a bunch of paces however many paces they say a plane is the length of a plane so he walks down you know 80 feet or whatever they say a plane is like 80 feet or 86 feet or something like that. Why do I know that now? This is stupid. I'm studying planes, what the fuck happened? <laughs> but he's like, planes are smaller than them. I mean, when you're inside of it, it doesn't feel as big as they look. And then like, there was also a video where a guy walked next to a plane and the plane seems so small with the guy walking next to it. <laughs> Next video, I liked a video putting an end to the great gasoline hoax. Water as fuel will end fossil fuel tyranny. Saturday, 2-17-2018. Sun. 50 watt solar panel directly hooked up to small HHO generator <clears throat> with seawater being the only electrolyte being used and producing HHO gas with the power of sunlight. So, so far he's made HHO gas using a solar panel. Next, he's talking about taking the acid out of acid batteries, putting in water. Two cups of alum spice and distilled water. It's not acid. Okay, so I took two 12 volt batteries and I dumped all the acid out of them, okay? I cleaned them out, and then I put in a mixture, two cups of alum, 
into one gallon of distilled water and I filled the batteries back up and the batteries give off 12 volts with the alum spice in there instead of acid. So, so this water that's in here is not going to burn you. And you can see the water, but you can touch it. It's not going to burn you. you know? This is the negative line, positive line going to our this is of the video of the guy with the HHO generator in his car. Going to the relay. That is the two parallel 30 amperes relay. And this is the fuse. See? The color of the fuse is purple. See? And that is the water repeal cup, uh, negative terminal, positive terminal, and uh, underneath is the plates. Uh, this is the uh, gas inlet port, which I condemn. Put uh, there, and this is the so you cap the gas intake. Return fuel hose and condom also. And, and fuel this hose. is the uh, hose outlet of the HC. So going to the intake manifold there. It goes straight into the and intake the manifold. One. That's for all the mechanics out there. If you get yourself an HHO generator, you somehow mount it into your car. It'll be the size of a car battery, most likely. And then you, you take the HHO gas output hose, put it directly into the intake manifold. What? As we are going to start the engine, He's saying, one, no need for lithium batteries in our cars. Two, secure simple HHO generators the size of a car battery, less than $500.
flexible solar panels inside the roof of your car. Not necessary, but still pretty cool. Or convert car batteries to an alum and distilled water battery. No more acid. Five. Siphon. <laughs> this one's funny. Siphon some of your oxygen rich exhaust into the car's cabin so you can breathe oxygen rich air. So the uh, the output of it is oxygen. You get the HHO in one hose and you get the oxygen in the other. That's what the Mythbusters guy was doing. But it was set up so weird. Like in the car, it's set up in one small box the size of a car battery. Like the whole machine is that. But on the Mythbusters thing, it was sh it was shaped like a U. Like with, like they had two bottles close to each other. One was like the positive, one was the negative side. One was pushing out oxygen, the other one was pushing out HHO. And like it did a horrible job. I don't know. I feel like that's like some weird like confusion tactics. Oh, also, I should say that this video is from March 2nd, 2018. That one's called Putting an End to the Great Gasoline Hoax. Water as Fuel Will End the Fossil Fuel Tyranny. March of last year. Instagram picture freedom. I like the video. Einstein's relativity is dead. This is scientifically. The gravity is nothing to do with bendy space-time or Einstein and that. Okay, today I'm going to be showing my evidence and proofs that gravity is nothing to do with bendy space-time or Einstein and that's all nonsense, and that gravity is actually electromagnetism and electromagnetism is in every atom of the universe and so what you are seeing on screen is happening and produced by all matter in the universe by electromagnetism electromagnetism rolls and shapes matter now i'd have to show this to mimic gravity um, so i say electromagnetic uh, fields are pulling down water and I say they're pulling them down in the same manner as that magnet. And from my evidence, I have reproduced the effect of falling water. This, of course, is mimicking the Cavendish experiment because energy attracts matter. And so the two uh, balls of matter are pulled together by electromagnetism. It's got nothing to do with gravity because energy moves matter. So that's two recreated, how Earth's gravity affects water and how it affects the Cavendish experiment. Here now is uh, another bit of video that I made earlier. Hello and welcome to Scientifically Speaking. All right, here's how you debunk bendy space-time by Einstein. Um, here's a video of 
how they tell you what uh, gravity works. To bend space-time more, different directions. But there was a preferred direction that this informed from had a slight preference one way versus another, and things going the opposite way got eliminated, and when it's all said and done, everything's going the same way. Which is ridiculous. So there you go. The Earth sits on something and creates a bend in space and things spin it. That's uh, totally nonsense. And this is uh, how planets sit in space. So Einstein's theory of general relativity predicted that space-time around Earth would not only be warped, but also twisted by the planet's rotation. Which is silly, so the planet moves something that doesn't exist, which would be space. Space is the absence of things. Things are in space. And so, the day they approved this, which was saying that space-time and bendy space exists, was last year. NASA approved it, so they believe it. So that goes with me telling you that they've only just said that electricity and electromagnetism are in space. And warped and twisted by the planet's rotation. Well, no, that would have to be the Coriolis effect, which is unproven words. Just by pouring something and saying, look, it rotates, is ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. To then say it's a Coriolis effect, which is based on the spin of the universe. Again, there's things spinning in different directions, so that's absolute rubbish. Whereas electromagnetism rotates matter, and it's proven on video. So, what does that mean? That means gravity. rubbish pens I'm going to let. Which means gravity is doing this. And then it's also doing this and this and that. So everywhere it looks the gravity field looks like that. Which is funny because that's an EM field. Gravity doesn't do that. Gravity does that. Which then makes it look like an EM field. So what is it? It's an EM field. Thanks very much. My name is Lee. I follow the Christ. And Einstein's stuff is the dumbest crap I've ever heard. <laughs> Okay, so um, apparently a, uh, a thing that causes gravity, according to Einstein, is that it makes a bend in space, and so this makes things um, fall into the planet, so to speak. It also makes things rise and fall due to the gravity of the planet. So if I can mimic um, something spinning in, that would suggest a bend in space. And if I can show it going in a elliptical or circular path but actually wavering in and out by varying depths I also will have shown that it acts like gravity let's see if I can do that and he does over and over again repeated experiments success rate of all the time scientifically speaking scientifically <laughs> That was Einstein's relativity is dead. One day ago, I liked a video, The Energy Being and Laws of Energy.
This is also a scientific lead. I'm going to go three minutes in, seven minute video. And so what is God? God is an energy being. And he showed me his form. I've seen God, you could say. I've seen one of the forms of God, an Ouroboros Taurus. <laughs> no, because people keep picking up on that word. That's just for your reference. It's an Ouroboros field, and it's made from Fibonacci spirals like fingers. And it rotates. That's God. One of them, anyway. And he's allowed me to explain that he is an energy being. He is life. Life is energy. Energy is information. So God knows everything. Energy is in everything. So God is everywhere. He can change anything he wants. Do whatever he likes. God wants one about that's how the enemy is going to be sending in this prophet. It'll be a man who speaks for the machine. You know, one of the biggest. It's a trap! <laughs> I wanted to catch him saying I am a Christian at the end, but I, he had a video of Star Wars guy saying it's a trap instead of saying he's a Christian. Right. I like the video, the spirit and the end. This is still one day ago. I watched a lot of YouTube yesterday. In just a injustice that I would feel if I've cast a sheep around. Started five minutes in. I apologize in. if I have, because it was completely without meaning. But anybody that comes to me with a, a question about God or how I've done something, without being a rude schmuck, will get everything that I've got to give you. People who arrive shouting the odds and telling me where I'm wrong and then coming out with something they read out of a book without actually doing any experiments themselves but telling me who's done everything that I've claimed to have done and shown on video you get the goad don't expect a friendly shepherd if you are coming to attack that's the difference between the sheep and the wolves and the goats the goats and the wolves come to be ignorant and prideful and arrogant in their prideful ignorance I enjoy that he, he has to go through all of this shit and like he's proved this shit he's proved gravity is wrong at least he's proved electromagnetism he's written it out he's drawn pictures of it he's shown recreations 100% every time his theory is proved in his recreations <laughs> he's found different ways to recreate his recreations <laughs> and still he's got like no recognition he's got over 2,000 followers now I think he's got 3,500 but still it's, it's not an acclaim as a scientist to fucking disproved gravity and proved that it's electromagnetism and that matter doesn't even move like that's the main thing he's proven is that energy and matter are separate 
energy moves matter. Like that's the main thing behind how he figured out how energy moves. I liked the video one day ago. Free energy is all around us. Atmospheric resonance and HHO is already here. <clears throat> Going nine minutes in, it's a 25 minute video. soapy water here. I'm going to collect a few bubbles and then uh, take this over here and light it. I got the air protection on so we'll just see if this uh... whoa <laughs> that was loud huh? <laughs> That's some pretty powerful gas. I have air protection on and that still rang through. Oh, 18 yeah, like minutes it's not in. dangerous at all, see? Like. A plug. Okay, so you don't see. 18 minutes in, he's making wireless Guys, electricity. I just wanted to show you something here. Could you hold that, Jesse? Sure. What I have here is an induction stove top. Shown this before, but that's plugged in. And I got this steel plate, which is a quarter inch thick. And then I have my homemade bifolar coil. You can put it down, Jess. And that's hooked up to a plug. Okay, so you don't see. You just hold this up in the air so you can see it from top to bottom. And there's the light. So I'm going to put this bifolar coil on here. And you're going to see a resonance field in action. See the light come on? Let me shut and off like this And like it's not light. dangerous at all, see? Like, like, I can touch it. And I'm gonna shut off the light so you can see that it is lighting up the light bulb. And we plug that back in and shut this off. So what you see there is a wireless form of electricity. So these YouTubers are making like free energy shit. I have uh, 23 hours ago. I guess that's yesterday. I like the, yeah, 21, 23. I'm gonna read these two, possibly play a little. I liked a video, landfills produce compressed air and HHO gas, free energy while we rebuild, while we rebuild for fossil educational fuels. Fair use in compliance with Oops. I pressed the wrong button there. Public notice of non-profit education. 
and energy, and then sent out as electricity to 70,000 homes and businesses. Oh, at the that was the main part. Abilities. Purposes of criticism, news reporting, teaching, and parody. Florida County, trash is brought to two waste energy facilities. At one, cranes feed garbage into boilers where it is burned at over 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. The heat of combustion is used to turn water into steam. Then, the steam is sent to a turbine generator where it is converted into energy and then sent out as electricity to 70,000 homes and businesses. At the other, the trash is buried. As it starts to naturally decompose, over 300 wells collect the methane gas emitted by the decaying waste. The gas is sent down a pipeline to an on-site plant. There, the gas is compressed to 140 PSI and injected into turbines where it is used to generate electricity to power over 5,000 homes. Here, the saying, one person's trash is another's treasure. It's another thing with like wind turbines, he's got a bunch on them. The idea that planes are flying using compressed air, turbine energy, and they're making money off of us while they're billing us. These, these are all of the free energy ideas and anti-scarcity ideas. I liked a video recreating a 4,000 year old battery with, was electricity used in ancient times? This guy, this guy is called uh, Phenomenal Travel Videos, and he's an Indian dude who travels around, actually traveling around with the camera himself, looking at ancient structures, doing experimentation, groundwork. Like, in this one, he makes a clay pot battery, which is like, in-home experimentation but then also looks at different things where he's seen a bunch of clay pots around with copper in them so he's questioning the past in the personal level and coming up with different answers we're going five minutes in five minutes 30 seconds
so most of his points so look how look how detailed this carving is they can't even do this today like not in this way not in this scale anymore it's like not even possible but then you find shit like batteries you find pictures of light bulbs you find what seems like machines huge machines and he's taking all of this evidence he's compiling it he's making hypotheses he's doing actual experimentation like in that video he literally has a clay pot that he puts shit into with the copper and the blah blah and he lights up a small light bulb with like four clay pots or three of them the three volts of battery all right last stand-up set is three minutes this is from yesterday at 12 mile it's a pretty good set it's uh, me falling back into old bits and old character skating around prancing around as this knowledgeable person who's down to earth I'm so relatable so relatable, I'm so relatable, I'm so relatable. Hello, everybody. Yeah, brother. You guys, uh, I'm, I'm not a relatable person. You guys, uh, I'm not gonna try to be, you know, I think if I had a goal up here, I'd probably be alienating my audience. You know what I'm saying? Just because I'm not relatable, you know? Because I just want to spread the love, you know? Spread the individuality. Speaking of individuality, these days we're always celebrating the individual, you know what I'm saying? Uh, celebrate them, you know, it's great. So individually, I'd like to come out to you guys as unrelatable. Uh, also, two different things, you know. On the inside, I'd like to come out to you guys as, like, uh, nothing. You know, but not like nothing, but just everything that doesn't have substance. You know, like nothing, ideas and shit, you know. That's what I am on the inside, you know. If I had to do a pie chart of who I am as a person, I think it would be like a little bit of person and mostly idea, you know? <laughs> I just want to come out to you guys as like uh, nothing on the inside and like everything ever on the outside, you know what I'm saying? Just as an unrelatable person. Because like I hear we're like made of atoms or whatever and like atoms are made of strings. So like if I'm the strings, then I'm the strings, you know what I'm saying? Everything ever. I just want to come out to you guys as like everything and nothing. You know, just individually, as an, as an unrelatable individual. <laughs> you guys are like paradoxes. They're really fun. You guys ever, ever study paradoxes and shit? They got like cool words and phrases. Phrases like, don't look now. You know, that makes you want to look. That's a classic one. They got like, don't let that take away from. That immediately makes me doubt whatever the person's talking about, you know? 
probably give him presents like, oh yeah, that guy's got eight arms, but don't let that take away from his ability to tackle people. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna doubt that. <laughs> you know, they got cool ones like, look at me. You know, that, that person's just trying to hide insecurities, you know? <laughs> they got a cool one, cool one of you guys. Sit down. Asking you if you'll stand up for yourself. Isn't that cool? Ah, oh, polarity's so cool, you guys. <laughs> you guys are gonna end with a joke that I wrote on Twitter. Honestly, it was just a tweet. I tweeted, and I'm just gonna verbatim read the tweet from memory. It's my favorite tweet, you guys. It's the best tweet I've ever wrote. You guys ever heard two dogs have a makeup sex? It's rough, rough, rough. Thank you guys for having me. All right, everybody. I'm Patrick. Have a nice day. Have a handful. That was 12 Mile Limit, hosted by Laura Sanders. Uh, you know, shuffle the tooth deck. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. We're also gonna erase that set. Okay. It's about time to do some stuff. I can do this. Wait a minute, I got it. Wait, it's coming. Here we go. Alright, Alistair Crowley Toad said, what did you think about that set? And outward the Emperor. The Trump card number four. The Emperor. Twelve mile limit. That's the last stand-up set. Bear with me, open mic, run by Laura Sanders and Kate Mason. Um, we got tweets to end with. Six hours ago, that sounds like way too long. This is a three-hour podcast. Look at us. Killing it. I always got thoughts going on, but when I stop to tweet them, something weird happens. This is the third iteration of this sentence I went through in my head. Thought, I always got thoughts when, okay, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is a redo. This is a redo, this tweet is about echoes. I always got thoughts going on, but when I stop to tweet about them, something weird happens. This is the third iteration of that sentence. I have to redo it again. We're going to try not to hiccup through this one. 
I always go through, I always got thoughts going on, but when I stop to tweet them, something weird happens. This is the third iteration of that sentiment I went through in my head. I thought, I always got thoughts, then went to Twitter and was like, what am I think? I always got thoughts. Went to type and it says, I always got thoughts. <laughs> Awareness of echoes is interesting. Interesting is a good word. Also, I kind of wish I could spell check those words because I know some of them were probably real bad. I'm dwelling on the echo too much. It's making me dwell on the story of boat riders. This echo is gaining momentum. Damn, yo, it rode me. Before I knew it, I was daydreaming about either the past or something irrelevant. What were my solutions? Awareness and recognition or something? Acknowledgement and non-judgment sound better than awareness and recognition, but they are similar. Now I've successfully gone into the past and come up reoriented with a solution and I'll prematurely say calm waters, mostly because I don't want to type more tweets. Funny now, I remember what I wanted to do before, but I was succumbed to the echo. I wanted to talk about how I must have to definitely, certainly record my podcast today. Makes me wonder if I should do something for the 100th episode. We shall see in the future. I have a plan that just might turn out to be a horrible idea, but also will work really well for the 100th episode. I'm hosting Bar Redux tonight at 8.30. Instagram picture bland. That is it for the tweets. Now we have a friend request to check out. Five mutual friends now. This person's gaining me. Oh shit, this is the wizard. episode might happen tonight as a live version of me hosting Bar Redux and I get to say that here because it's happening tonight and if I don't say it here then it won't be on the podcast till the 100th episode anyway this is also kind of like a little bit of predicting the future because I have the idea but I have not worked it out how it would work out I did talk about it in the tweet did I flip a card? I did flip a card for that set earlier. Got the Emperor. Um, so what I'm planning on doing is recording each host set. Then possibly recording a little bit of comedians who want to be on the podcast. That I have to, no, 
I'm definitely, every time I'm on stage, I'm going to start a new recording. And I'll talk about the comics that I'm bringing up. That's how I'll do it. And because I've erased all of the other recordings, I'm able to do this. If I didn't record this podcast today, I would not be able to do this until I host it again. But it would be not at the beginning of you tweeted you mean it. So this is like perfect timing. I'm hosting tonight. It's going to be the first recording in my phone. And before any tweets. So we're off to a good start for episode 100. We started in episode 99. On January 8th. Mark it on your calendars. Episode 100 is coming out. We all know you can't end like that.